Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then I interview them about it, and we find out how it went. Uh, today's guest is Derek Forge. Um, you might know him from his fantastic web series, The 10-Minute Talk Show, uh, which I have been on before. It is Googleable, um, and I'm going to be coming on again as a guest uh, in the new year, so keep an eye out for that 10-Minute Talk Show. Definitely check it out. Um, what a beautiful, moving, vulnerable conversation this was. Like, man, some real heart stuff in here. Um, this episode is all about body image, uh, self-esteem, your relationship with the mirror and uh, relationship with nudity. Um, yeah, we get just like real personal and real and raw in this one, um, but also with so much like light and bubbly energy that Derek brings just everywhere that he goes. Um, so I hope that this uh, means as much to you as it does to me. I'm feeling very like uh, soft and squishy about this one. Uh, so please enjoy this conversation with Derek Orgy. Derek Forge, thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me, kid. This is good. How you feeling? We start with an honest, how are you? I feel good. I just got a haircut, so I'm like a terrier that just got out of the bath. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. good. Just, that's why you came in and rubbed yourself on all of our furniture? I did do that, and I flipped over a bit, and then didn't know what to do with myself, and then the I- The bandana they gave you was cute, I though. I chewed on some things. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, fre- I'm feeling fresh. Feeling fresh. I love, uh, I love a plus three or a minus three weather. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. Anything in there is good. This is a nice day. This is my frigid Northern Ontario upbringing. I like this a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, anything that is uh, anything that is below uh, plus five or above, oh, mm-hmm. it's just a sweet spot for me. That's... This is like a really pleasant winter day. Yeah, because it's not terribly like piercing cold. No, and uh, the snow is kind of dissipated, so like mm-hmm. it's not slippery and dangerous. Yeah. Out in the streets. When Plus I walk it's in the it, Santa Claus parade. There's also that. When I walk in it, I feel like crisp lettuce. I feel like I'm the right, the, oh, the, like the exact right Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on a bun. I'm fresh. <laughs> you know I mean? That might be one of my favorite, honest, how are you answers. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> this, you caught me at the right time. Fresh haircut, <laughs> the right temperature. You caught me just, oh, you just, mm, just I'm just landing in the plane. Yeah, mm. man, I'm right there. I'm in a right, this, this is, and I'm being honest. I'm not, this is not lip service. Mm. I feel fresh. Maybe even fly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. I'm excited to get into your assignment. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So your category was self-esteem and self-image. Yes, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> sure was. You caught me. It's. I'm astounded how often uh, I realign with people at the exact right time. It's so serendipitous. You, mm-hmm. It's like you caught me right. I'm in the thick of it. This has been an ongoing theme in my life of when I'm, I'm deep. My brain is right in one topic. And then mm-hmm. I bump into somebody who's also immersed in that yes. or doing something that aligns perfectly. It's bizarre. I love when things uh, are cut that yeah, way. That's what's happening right now. So I'm this, this, how long would you go? This, can this be a four hour podcast? Cause this is going to go, <laughs> this is going to go for a while. How much room do you have on your hard drive? Cause <laughs> wow, this is going to be eight Ted talks. Let's move on. I'm uh, so sorry. excited. Go, I'm okay. hijacking your podcast. No, Please go. no, this is a, you were the guest. You were the one who's supposed to do more of the talking. Okay. So your assignment was that you had to wake up every morning. Yeah. And when you looked in the mirror yeah. before you left, 
for your day, <laughs> yes. your first mirror looking, uh-huh. you had to give yourself two compliments I, every single day. Yes, one I, of them had to be something about your appearance, yeah. and one of them had to be something heart-based or personality-based. Yes. Um, and I told you that if you were stuck on a day and like uh, couldn't think of something obvious, get to do just get really specific. Right. Um, I think the example I gave you was like, maybe you have really nice elbows. Maybe your ears are cute. You did say that. Yep. You did say cute ears. I remember that. Yep. So how'd this go? Uh, I Well, <laughs> I feel like a Jack Donaghy kind of uh, <laughs> didn't help initially from 30 Rock. Uh, I don't know if you saw that episode of 30 Rock where Jack Donaghy is like doing a big speech. He's, he was, so he's gunning for a promotion to be mm-hmm. the head of GE and he's in the bathroom and he's, and he, and he's like, he you're Jack Donaghy, you son of a bitch. You can do this. You're the greatest CEO that ever lived. And he's just like, and he's just like pumping himself up before he goes out and his mic is on Mm -hmm. and the whole room the whole ballroom's laughing at him Mm -hmm. that i that was hard to get past (laughs) i had to get past that and of course as i mentioned i had to get past the Stuart smalley factor Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i'm good enough i'm smart enough and doggone people like me so it was hard to get that out of my head (laughs) because it's absurd and funny Mm -hmm. so i had to get over that which took a little while and then uh the the personality part it was easy i feel pretty comfortable with with uh, with you know the, the, my, my feet on the ground in this world mm-hmm. i feel pretty good about where i'm at at age 42 wow the other side poof, boy very very difficult uh, yeah uh real tough it, mm-hmm. and again absurd like just even saying it out loud made me feel made me feel silly mm-hmm. uh made me feel which is probably good which is probably means i should be doing it more often mm-hmm. uh made me feel self-conscious i'm by myself in a bathroom and i'm feeling silly yeah <laughs> you know? like you're embarrassed and yet you're the only one in the room yeah <laughs> and then there's this spiral of like i'm embarrassed that i'm embarrassed and then it's just a mm-hmm. spiral of what am i doing oh it's three o'clock in the afternoon now yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just no, been standing I'm, I'm for this mirror yeah. having an emotional spiral for so, hours <laughs> So yeah, it was tough and I and it sent me in a m- bunch of different directions too. Like it sent me into something that I kind of already knew but it reinforced it that I uh have a hard time taking myself seriously when mm-hmm. it's me. Yeah. When it's me, I have a hard time taking myself seriously. When it's other people, I go full John Malkovich. Like I have my wife calls them my angry eyes. Like <laughs> I can I can turn on a dime if I feel like like it happens at work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes if people come into the audience and they're they're mean to the interns or security, mm-hmm. like I go full Daniel Day Lewis. Like I I I don't scream, I don't yell, I don't make a scene. Yeah. They get just one-on-one time with me mm-hmm. and I brand them with words. Like I brand them like a hot <laughs> fucking iron. They will have that for the rest of their life. They will remember the day they mm-hmm. were rude to somebody unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I just bring it down. I, you know, I don't give a damn about your moral conundrum, you shit-headed meat sack. Like full yeah. gangs of New York. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but like I, I, I've done it a couple times with um, my wife's had a couple. Uh, one in particular, she's had a boss. And I've met tens of thousands of people. She might have been the worst human I've ever met in my life. I've mm. never met a person that was so comically bad. Yeah. Like, it's like full on, uh, 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 what's the Meryl Streep role? Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Like cartoon. Where you're like, this isn't a person. You don't really exist. And I remember my wife would come home and I would play devil's advocate. She's like, she said this today. I'm like, there's no way she said that. That's not a thing humans mm-hmm. do. And she's like, and then she did this. And I'm like, come on, there's no way. And I, 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 I of course listened and I was empathetic, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't think, I think she's embellishing some of this. Then I met her and went, oh, you're worse. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, so when I get serious it's serious, mm-hmm. but it's never about me. I can just shake it off if somebody comes after me. But if somebody comes after people that are important to me, yeah, 
good night, like look out. So, and this is the same conundrum of like, now I have to take my body seriously. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. No, I'm a leprechaun. I can't. That's the, like, that's where I'm at. I have a body built for comedy. I can't give myself compliments about my body. That's absurd. You know, so it was, it took some time. Uh, a couple days in, I think I started to maybe mm-hmm. take it seriously. It's hard though. And then yeah. like most of these things at the beginning, when you start doing them, they feel you just feel stupid. Like yeah. you feel really silly. Sure. Um, looking at yourself in a mirror <laughs> and being being like, I have pretty eyes. You know, like it's like it's really it's a hard thing yes. to do. Yeah. And you feel really stupid sure. at first. Especially and then if you, you keep use that doing, voice. Do you use that voice specifically? Of course. That's I have just how, eyes. is that not how my voice sounds? Because that's how it sounds in my head. Okay. Um, but it, <laughs> it feels silly right. and you have to be really intentional about it yeah and then eventually over time it starts to get easier but the thing is is like you're probably not a person who's really stingy giving compliments to the people that you care about no and not at those all. you would probably take very seriously and mean very oh, genuinely right for sure i've i've one lesson i've learned over and over in my life is like if you have a compliment in your head just say uh, it just say it and like that self-doubt that you have especially as a as a straight white male mm-hmm. You know, uh, like, uh, and if, if it's at a female and if it happens to be superficial, there's all that like, oh, she's going to think I'm creeping on her and she's mm-hmm. going to think this and that. I've gotten over that. I'm just, I'm just like, you know, I'm past it. Yeah. You know, I think uh, my, my wife and I have been together for so long now, uh, you know, and I also think women have a really, really good, finely tuned sense of yeah, when it's authentic. Yeah, we have a good creep radar. You know what I mean? Yeah, we know when it's a creep thing and, and when I've, it's not. I'm never flirting because mm-hmm. I I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't even know how. Like my wife and I've been together since we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my, if 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 I if I had to like activate my flirt program, it's Windows ninety five. Yeah, like it's not fucking working. You know what I mean? It's dusty and it's like I haven't updated the software in so long that yeah. nobody thinks I'm ever flirting with them because I'm never fucking doing it. Yeah. So it's always melt met well mm-hmm. it's always so i have to keep reminding myself to get comments so i give them a lot i mm-hmm. give them out whenever i possibly can also it just feels good yes oh it just feels so good to say all the nice things that you think about people out loud absolutely oh it feels good so i do that a they lot. like it you like it everybody, everybody, everybody likes it everybody wins it's good for everyone so the thing is it's like you got to start turning on yourself that's right and start saying the things that are good about you to yourself exactly and there's there's the rub there's there's yeah there's there's the tricky part right so so it, so it is good i think you get if you get better at it as you do it with other people and uh, then you can take those skills and transfer them to yourself mm-hmm. uh which is again this is the path that you sent me on which i which i dig and it's important uh i think a very good example of uh so I, I kind of began this journey. I'm going to set the table a little bit. Yeah, I gotta yeah. Go back to, to when tell I was, us like where you so were going in. Here's where this all started. So uh, I first became hyper aware of my crippling body issues when I was in a play. I was in a play called Room Service. It was like a slamming doors, marked butters, you know, farce mm-hmm. in North Bay. I was working. I was working in theater. I was getting. I was getting paid. I was on a Fednor grant. I was getting. My salary was twenty eight grand a year. And yes, I'm bragging. That was yeah. an ocean of money. That is an ocean of money I'm, for an it, actor. <laughs> no, I'm living. I'm yeah. yeah I'm an yeah. actor living in North Bay. My rent is two hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. It might as well have been a zillion dollars. Like yeah. it felt like I was just like woo. <laughs> so much money back then and so and i was loving it the people i worked with were a dream it was, ah, it was one of the best jobs ever literally for me mm-hmm. and every time i had to do, do this play i had a shirtless scene for three seconds it wasn't even a part of the plot 
it was just a thing. I would remove a shirt and then I had to put other shirts on. And the recurring mm-hmm. gag in the play is that every time I come in the scene, I'm wearing more clothes because I'm stealing clothes from the hotel. Mm-hmm. Ah, waka waka. So, but I had to take my shirt. I wasn't even, I wasn't even talking. The scene, the eyes were somewhere else on the stage. Yeah. I just took a shirt out and every night it gave me anxiety mm-hmm. and made me, and made me uh, uncomfortable. And it was sucking all the joy out of it. And I got yeah. it in my head. And I just assumed that every time I did it, the audience was like recoiling and like, oh dear God, because the lights are on. And mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, I got to do something about this. I guess I feel, I guess I felt like the same way a smoker would do, would feel when they are tired of going outside when it's minus 40 and they're tired of their clothes stinking and they're tired of all those mm-hmm. things and how they feel with their health. I feel like it was like that. I feel like that was my, I got to- Where you just like, something's got to give. It's got to stop. It's affecting yeah. too many parts of my life. I have to quit this. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to figure out what the hell, what is my plan? There's no uh, nicoderm for hating your skin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, there's, no, there's no gum I can chew mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, I'm fine with my body. Doesn't exist. <laughs> exist as far as I know. Uh, so, so it took me years to come up with a plan mm-hmm. and eventually I did. And my, I, and I brought Tessie in, my, brought my wife in on this. I was doing, going back to the, th- when I turned 30, mm-hmm. 30 years old, when my friend mispronounced my name, <laughs> yeah. I wrote a sketch in where my wife stripped me bare on the stage at the end of the set. Mm-hmm. And it was a part of the sketch because I was, it was a bit of a cop out in that if this got a laugh, then it's it's okay. Yeah, you, okay. You know what, you know, see, I yeah, think you know what I'm getting at here. Kind of a cop out there. It is where where you're like, yeah, I can be okay with my body in service of comedy. Right. If my body is comical, right? Then I can approve of its comedy nature <laughs> instead of just like I, I am a beautiful person. Yep. And my body is beautiful. And sure, but yeah. <laughs> baby steps, right? Baby steps. Yes. So yes. I started working nudity as a punchline. Uh, and again, we're not talking about full, I'm not talking full mm-hmm. Monty here. I'm talking like, you know, Austin Powers-y yeah. stuff. You know, like I, I wrote some into sketches. My wife and I were in a sketch troupe and uh, I would weave it into the punchline where I, one sketch is uh, I hire a stripper. Tessie plays a stripper. She comes in this exotic outfit and then she strips me. That's the joke. Mm-hmm. So we did it, we did it in Chicago actually. <laughs> and I remember there was actually, uh, <laughs> there was, uh, cause it happens so fast. I have, but I have buttons that are tear away and we, we mm-hmm. actually put Velcro into the seam of my pants. <laughs> so Tessie has me, I go from dressed to naked in three seconds. It yep. looks like a visual effect, but it's live theater. So you're one lady actually went, like she, she shrieked in the back because it's so fast. But I got more. But th- then the scene continues. Mm-hmm. There's another scene where I, I go to the gym and there's this aggressive uh, trainer called Terry Flex Power. To belittle me, she slowly tears my clothes away so that I mm-hmm. so that I stop uh, arguing with her. Mm-hmm. So it's three minutes of this and I'm shirtless and there's like still and nobody's recoiling. So I'm like dipping my toe into the world yeah. of like, I'm shirtless in front of a room full of strangers and this is nobody's throwing and up in their yeah, mouth. The room's not catching on fire. It's People aren't fine. throwing things at me. Yeah, Right. So that got me closer to like a, a more realistic realm of, OK, I'm not a fucking gargoyle. Yeah. You know, closer to that. Uh, you know, so baby steps. So, so, so during that time, and this comes back to your, to your original uh, assignment, comedy, fine. Serious, not, not so fine. Not as easy. Mm-hmm. My friend Wade gets into this film festival and uh, 
basically what they do is it's a, it's a rotating film festival. They give you the camera and they seal off the camera. And so the, the film can't be taken out until it's, until it goes on the big screen. So you can't edit it. Mm-hmm. So when you watch it for the first time, so is the audience. Yeah. So, so he had this idea for a film because you can't edit afterwards where well, you can only press start and stop and hope for the best. So his idea was, uh, he had a, his film was called My Favorite. So you pick your favorite part of your body. He zooms in on it, sometimes so close that you can't necessarily even tell what it is for three seconds and then zooms. So this camera's on a tripod, mm-hmm. zooms out and it's all of you for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Full frontal nudity, black and white film on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And he emailed me and said, hey, I'm, I'm casting this film and I don't have a redheaded male yet. Would you do it? Mm-hmm. And I was 100% no. I'm like, there's yeah. no way in hell I'm doing this. It's a film. It's black and white. Yeah, it's in a like, festival. It's serious. It's serious. It's Too artsy. Scary. I'm like, not a chance. So after that, I, I go to test. I'm like, can you believe this? And this guy wanted me to, isn't that hilarious? Anyway, I'm not doing it. She's like, yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, no. And she says, you should, you need to do this. Like yeah. this, you, this is going to be a thing that that uh, that is, is going to help you. you. It's important. It's going to be good. You're doing it for comedy. Uh, she, this, I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but she's like, she basically because I was looking to her to give me like a get out of jail free card of her going. I don't want anybody seeing my husband's penis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I was hoping she was going to get weirdly possessive of it and be like, never. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So She's fucking, like, I want right. the world to see my husband's penis. <laughs> That's exactly what she sounds like. She's very regal. Um, so, so, and here's the point of the story. This is a long walk, but here's the point of this story. So I do the damn thing and it, I'm in a room. For, oh, wow. I was so out of, out of touch with this room. I didn't know any of these people except Wade, the guy who was doing mm-hmm. the film. And I, I, I felt like I'd walked into an orgy. <laughs> like they, they were already filming and some of them were already naked and didn't even care. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a pile of stress. And I'm, I'm walking in as Gene Wilder. I'm like, what? Is heaven? Like I'm just Michael Sarah confidence. Like I got nothing. Everybody else is settled in. I'm like, am I interrupting something? What mm-hmm. is this? And everybody's cool and chill and like, are we shooting our thing now? And I'm just a fucking disaster. Walking jittery. I can't. Yeah. So I go in there and I backed out three times. I was like, I went set up. Are you ready? Nope. And I would leave. Came back in. Through, I bailed. Kept, mm, nope. Mm-hmm. Mm, nope. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a 40-year-old virgin when uh, Steve Carell is calling Catherine Keener. Yeah. Nope. Hangs up. That's mm-hmm. what I was doing. I eventually shot the damn thing and I, I've i never heard a louder clicking. Uh, as soon as he hit that button, it felt like, I was like, holy fuck is Yeah. I could feel the 400 eyes on me at that moment and it just really shook me up. But then there's that adrenaline of like, oh, if I yeah. fucking I did it. Walked out, felt great, but terrified. Yeah, but it's like you jumped out of a time, plane. At the same time, jumping out of a plane, bungee jumping, the whole mm-hmm. thing, did it. And again, here's the point. So we, I go to the festival. It's a huge screen. I'm like, guys, <laughs> do we, did we, does it, do we have to do this in IMAX? Really? Yeah. We're doing it. Th- really? Yeah. Okay. So I recognize first person. I recognize second person. I recognize third person. Fourth person comes up on the screen. And I'm like, who's that guy? And it was me. Yeah. And I did not recognize my own body because Mm -hmm. the mental projection of what I had and the actual reality of it were nowhere near each other. The way that you picture yourself in your head, what you imagine you look like is actually a total mismatch. Right. 
to what you actually are. And I know that was a long walk, but man, oh man, that's a huge life lesson for anyone. No kidding. It is nowhere near what you think. No. I saw that. I saw that guy up on the screen and there was like a slight shape of uh, ab muscles mm-hmm. and like r- a realistic man body. This isn't mm-hmm. me saying I'm Tyler Durden. This isn't me saying I'm Chris Hemsworth. You don't need to do this thing where you backtrack. Your- <laughs> no, I know. But what I'm saying is, it, what my point is, I saw that mm-hmm. and went, that is not what I thought was happening. Yes. Is, is this, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and it was like, okay, great. And then I got that reinforced uh, by some other people because it cracked open, it cracked open a whole dialogue. It just blew the doors mm-hmm. down of something that I never even discussed because it was moot. Yeah. I've, I found my partner. I, I, my wife and I are not, are going to be together for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. I don't work in porn. I'm not mm-hmm. an underwear model. Nobody needs to see my nudity except one person. Yeah. So I, it's, it's not even a thing I need to even worry about. So, so, but then I started talking to other people like my, uh, my roommate, Allison, who's a good friend and I live with her for two years, who's mm-hmm. on a very short list of people that have seen me naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, I can fit those people into a cab. So like, there's not a lot of people and I'm including the doctors at the hospital in 1977. So anyway, not a lot of people have seen me naked. Uh, and so, and I was like, and I self, I indulgently just asked her some questions of like, can I just ask? And she's very direct because this is a woman who's not invested in me sexually yep. in the past or in the future. We both have wives. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. like she's not attached to me in any sexual way. And she gave me a very matter of fact review of where I stand in this world. And she yeah. was like, yeah, you're fine. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. And so I was just like, I'm reeling like I'm in the sixth sense. Like what? I've been... D- uh, d- the reverse. I've been alive the whole time. <laughs> so it was, it, and, I'm, and I'm terrified and I'm so saddened by the amount of people that are out there that didn't, that may never have these epiphanies and may never be in a situation where they just, they're investing the same energy I was yeah. into something that's negative and destructive and unnecessary and futile. And you made it up. And you know what the sad thing is? Is like a lot of people eventually do have that epiphany, but for their past self, like right. it's not going to happen to you until you're like 50, 60 years old and yeah. you're looking at photos of yourself in your 20s and you're thinking like, oh, why did I waste all that time? Yeah. I was fine. Yep. And exactly. it, it's just that we can't get there for ourselves in the moment a lot of the time. That's it, one thing that I go back to when I like catch myself having body image stuff is I, I try to be future Tracy looking back at me now. And how mad I would be at myself for wasting time and energy feeling self-conscious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've like gone through my own journey with body image and and things like that. And mm-hmm. like I'm grateful to be in the kind of mental space that I'm at with it right now. I'm not all the way there, but oh, sure. it's Me getting neither. better. I got a decade on you, I'm sure. Or more. But I think it's more. It's getting better. I think I have more than a decade on you, and I'm not there either. So and I've and I've like completely gone into I have not shied away from it. I've mm-hmm. delved into it fully. Like I've jumped into the pool big time. I'm researching everything I can. And I keep having these moments of realization that I was completely wrong on many things. Yeah. Give you another example. Uh, I, again, going back to my gargoyle, gargoyle years, 
<laughs> which I, <laughs> meaning that's what I thought of myself. Uh-huh. What I used to think, and this just to show you how wrong I was. And by the way, as a life lesson for anybody, let's just stop being afraid of being wrong on stuff. Yeah. That might be the biggest problem with our world. Left and right, red and blue is that we're so afraid to be wrong on things. Yeah. I'm about to tell you about something I was completely wrong on. Let this be a life lesson for anybody. That's preachy. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so I used to think that because I was crippled with body issues and because I look like this, because I look like this, I assumed that somebody who was, for example, a uh, conventionally attractive woman, like by societal standards, Mm -hmm. like somebody who belongs on a billboard, I went ahead and assumed that their life was just like they walked on rose petals and shit rainbows. Ooh, yeah, this big thing where you, you assume, where yes, yes, where you assume that people who you deem as being more attractive than yourself have it easier inside of their heads. Totally. And that they're able to somehow accurately see that they are a beautiful person. Uh, whereas yes. you don't realize that inside literally every single person, whoever <laughs> it is that you're looking at and you're idealizing, they are so in their head, consumed by it possibly even worse than you are. Yes. This is where I'm going with this. So this is the thing that I turned around on 180 and I completely was like, I was at the exact opposite place with this. So I used to think that pretty, basically to put a, put a point on it, pretty girls have no problems. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that's the nutshell of this. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the, the uh, fortune cookie version. <laughs> so, uh, because why would they, if mm-hmm. they're beautiful, then why would they, well, it's moot, right? Who cares? So, and then I, be, and then, after sitting with that for many, many years, what I realize is, okay, for example, if you were to know me for 20 years or 20 minutes and you were to describe me to somebody else, what would be the most immediate words you would say? Like, oh, the short, redheaded, uh, funny guy. Like you would say, uh, you know, short, you would probably say uh, fast paced, uh, energetic. You would list all these things off. Mm-hmm. If somebody said, hey, did you see where Derek went? And they were like, which one's Derek? You wouldn't go, oh, the, uh, the, the tall, handsome one that's carved out of oak. Like that wouldn't be your immediate thoughts. And this isn't me being self-deprecating. I'm just saying those are not the things that bounce out at you. My shortness bounces out at you. My orange hair bounces out at you. Like those are the things that are immediate. And it's not an insult. It's Mm -hmm. just, you're just, those are the things that people see right away. So if you have the words, uh, pretty, cute, attractive, hot, any of those descriptors are in your, like your top five is in, oh, have you seen, have you seen Tracy? Oh yeah. The, the, the tiny, cute, little pixie uh, girl. Yeah. The smunky, nice, charming one. Like if you have cute or attractive in your top five, the world has thrust the weight of attractiveness on you. That's true. Therefore yeah. it's, it's now a part of who you are. Yeah, Meaning I, that's been put on you. you I see totally what I'm see here? what you mean. Yes. I, and like, I know that this has been true for so many people that I've known in the past who are like, very very objectively stunningly attractive sure is the thing is they've been pretty since they were little little kids Mm -hmm. and so their whole life they've been praised for being pretty yeah and so then they have it in their head that their worth is attached to their prettiness and then what if i'm not pretty that's exactly that is that is more much more concise and then you grow up putting all of your worth on the way that you look because that's where you've been taught that your worth is and that's what you've been praised for your entire life. That's and right. And then you have a, like a real battle in trying to figure out what am I without that. Right. And uh, you're looking at yourself and criticizing mm-hmm. all the time, which mm-hmm. is something that all of us do. Right. Is like this 
uh, I may give this out as a very slightly different than this future assignment, but I'll mention it here. Uh, something that I've started doing is when I uh, take off my makeup at the end of the day, um, before I go to sleep and I'm all like, I take my makeup off with coconut oil. So I'm all like, like shiny and, mm. <laughs> and oily and, and, and tired. Um, I smell like an exotic drink, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I look myself in the mirror and I say still beautiful before awesome. I go to bed. That's great. Cause no, I don't usually put it in these words, but the general thing that I say to myself when I catch myself in a mirror is not perfect. Mm. So it's changing the word. And it's not even that I'm saying like, ooh, ugly, monster. Of course, of course. Right? It's just, hmm, this could be better. This could be better. This could be better. It's just the general sentiment of not perfect. Right, right. And changing that to still beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. And it makes a huge difference. It doesn't make a big difference. Because when I think, and again, when you get closer to that conventional pretty thing, uh, like the with the women you mentioned that were un, un, uh, inarguably, irrefutably, beautiful. offensively attractive. Yeah. Yes. Their list of critiques is going to be three times longer than yes, mine. Yes, it is. Which is absurd. And it's going to yep. be more specific and it's going to be more detailed and it's going to be in their thoughts more, which I had backwards. And I realize now, now I understand how somebody like Nicole Kidman, mm -hmm. who at one point was hailed as what the People Magazine's yeah, most like beautiful the person most in the beautiful world. Person. I used to think, and this is back, this is again, old me thinking, how can somebody who was hailed as the most attractive, how much more affirmation do you require? Mm -hmm. And why are you getting plastic surgery? The mm -hmm. world just decided you're the you're in first place. Mm -hmm. And now I understand it's because so much of her identity, the world has forced that on her mm -hmm. of like, you're beautiful and that has a value. And when you start to lose that value, you better buck up. Yeah, You better keep that going. Now I get it. I, I'm completely wrong on it. Mm -hmm. I was completely ass backwards which was another big mind blowing it, the the black and white film was a big one and then the 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 list of critiques was another big one and i'm looking forward to the next thing that i'm wrong on yeah right <laughs> like i'm 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 now on a search i'm now on a quest to figure out what was the other thing that i had incorrect which is you know what i mean which is a really uh, I think is a really good lesson for anyone. Of like, oh, totally. what else did I? What else am I wrong about? And you know what I think? Like, I I was having a conversation with somebody about this literally last night about oh. about being wrong about things and being unwilling to admit where your faults are yeah. or where your blind spots are, and uh, that that comes from a, a fear um, that like uh, not even just about body image stuff, but just in general, kind of about being wrong on things yeah. is we just are so scared that we're doing it wrong and we want so badly to feel like we have the answers. Yeah. So the more fear you have and the more insecurity you have, the less likely you're going to be able to turn your, uh, <laughs> turn your view on yourself around yeah. and see, Oh, I'm lacking in information here. Oh, I was wrong about this. Uh, you're less willing to concede those things. Mm -hmm. um, the more afraid you are of that. If you let go at all, of these things that you're clinging on to that everything is going to fall apart. Yeah. It's so, so true. Like that fear and that, that digging in of the heels uh, is so, I mean, and there's a lot of problems right now. People are talking about all these kinds of problems and people are saying, Oh, it's so the times are so tough right now. How are we ever going to solve this? And I think everything comes back to that inability to be incorrect. Mm -hmm. So many things are uh, like people who are unwilling to admit that climate change is real is because they took a stance before 
that was like, I think it's a myth. And now they're unable to go back. Yeah. People who voted for Donald Trump who are mm-hmm. now seeing that it's a disaster are like unwilling to go, yeah, I fucked up. And that's a, a problem. There's a quote from, I think it was Alan Watts. You're under no obligation to be the person you were 15 minutes ago. Oh, that's really good. Ooh, don't you love that? That's strong. That's good. 15 minutes, 15, man, even like just 15 now. You can, days. That, yeah. You can change your mind about the thing that you just were. So good. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, really good. And that's fine. I like that a lot. Yep. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I wish people were more willing to be wrong, especially mm-hmm. about themselves, because I've done that so many times. Mm-hmm. And the energy, the energy that you're wasting, that like Trying to cling to these things that aren't even true. Sees. So, okay, I did a, I did a fundraiser calendar like, like uh, 12 years ago. It was 88 models. It was 14 photographers, seven to three turtle doves, <laughs> seven makeup artists, 18 locations. Like it was a monstrous undertaking. And I cast a bunch of people who I thought were like, uh, um, like from all spectrums of beauty, different sizes, ages, mm-hmm. inseams, heights, weights, everything as eclectic as I possibly could, mm-hmm. as far as my social circle would go uh, for, as a fundraiser. And 88, we're going to do the female one one year and then the male one the next year. And because the female one didn't sell so well, we didn't do the male one, but that's Mm -hmm. a whole other story. Uh, 88 women, all various, like uh, uh, Ben and Jerry's 36 flavors of beautiful Mm -hmm. with maybe one or two exceptions. Every damn one of them had a list of critiques. Yeah. Like, and this is before I made that epiphany. This is, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't see these things. And then, as we set up the lights, we set up the camera, we got the set, the whole thing, the costumes, the whole thing, we shut all that stuff. And during that entire process, oh, make sure you don't get this flabby arm and make sure you don't get this. And yeah, everybody's this got is it. Better this is my good one. side and to make sure this part is covered. And the, yeah. And none of the, and my wife came along with me with some of those shoots too. And the two of us were looking at each other going, what the fuck are they talking mm-hmm. about? What are, this is, there's this, these things don't even exist. And then we took the photos and then when we debuted the calendar, it was the same phenomenon. Yeah. We put the photos up on the screen and everybody went, Oh, oh, well, that that's fine. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I, that's, I look hot mm-hmm. in that. I didn't there. Yeah. Why do I look hot there? Oh, must be Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, that's it's, just you. No, it's yeah. what your body looks like. We also, we have this thing in our head of the, we have a, a very different uh, expectation and set of rules for ourselves than we think of for other people. Yeah, good call. So, we're in our head being like, oh, uh, like I'm this kind of monster and like this is wrong with me and these things Mm -hmm. aren't perfect. And then we look at somebody else and we go, I see them as being just fine. And that is objectively true. So (laughs) they must realize that as well. (laughs) Right? Whereas like, (laughs) no, you are also objectively fine. And (laughs) you are like, none of us uh, realize that everybody else is just like trapped in the same hole. Yeah. And it's just our job to try to climb out of the hole as best we can and Mm -hmm. to help pull other people out of the same hole. I had this experience, this like um, big body image moment. Uh, This would have been, I want to say like maybe 10 years ago. Mm. And I was living in Hamilton at the time, uh, going to school there. And a a friend of mine, her mom runs like like a sex shop with like sex toys and costumes and things like that. Okay. And they have this big uh, event, Sexapalooza, in Hamilton once a year. And it's like this big convention with different booths and stuff. Fun. So <laughs> my friend tells me like, oh, my mom has booths set up for this thing. And uh, they're part of this like fashion show where all of the places that sell outfits and stuff are having this fashion show. And it's mm. just like costumes and stuff, basically. And do you want to do it? So it was like me and these two friends. And... Uh, 
So at the time, this was like this was before I really started doing stand up, but I had done it like maybe two or three times. Okay. And uh, his friend's mom knew that I had done stand up and thought that was cool. And yeah. so I think thought I was some kind of like bold risk taker. Oh, I see. Yes. So my one friend gets <laughs> like a leather cat suit and then my <laughs> other friend gets a nurse's outfit. Mm-hmm. And then I get barely any fabric. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, like, I was in a very different place with my body. Sure. And I was not comfortable with that. <laughs> um, but uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Like, wow. I'm just going to make myself do it. And so I'm in this back changing area and I'm getting changed. And I'm looking around at all of the other people who are like the models for this right. fashion show. And we're all just regular women. And we're all putting on this like these sexy outfits and right. like feeling so good and like complimenting each other and it just felt so like positive and warm that I wasn't scared anymore. Yeah. And then I went on a fucking catwalk to a, in front of a bunch of strangers and I strutted down and I strutted back and amazing. I felt amazing. Amazing. That's great. And that was like like for me at that point something that I never ever thought that I would have been able to do without yes. like shaking violently and throwing up everywhere. Sounds very familiar. Um, <laughs> very much. Yeah. I remember like making a decision at some point, I guess I, I would have been like early teenagers, maybe like 14, 15, hmm. making a, like a concrete decision where I was like, okay, well, based on the way that my body looks now and these things and stuff that are not gonna change, I guess I'm just never gonna let anyone see me naked. Oh my, are you kidding me? How are we this similar? I made that, but like that, I was like, okay, this is how it is. And this is how it's going to be. And like, that's too bad. I would have really liked to have a life where I could be naked (laughs) in front of people. But wow, this is, I'm just accepting the lot that I've been given. And I will never be comfortable showing anyone my naked body. This is so close to the bone. You have no idea. Okay. So (laughs) I have an almost exact same story. So mine is a little different. Basically, (laughs) I had the same delusional conversation with myself. Mm -hmm. Not quite that young, even a little older. Uh, Like if I ever, if I'm ever going to land my, if I'm ever going to land myself a, a, a bride, uh, I'm going to have to, tr- I don't know if I, I thought trick her, mm-hmm. but I'm going to, ha- she's going to have to get to a point where she's madly in love with me before any disrobing happens. Yep. Because if the disrobing happens before she's too invested, she's going to be gone. She's, mm-hmm. I've lost the sale. <laughs> like yep. She's going to run out of this, out of the storeroom. She's going to be gone. So I had to convince myself like, before, like I have to be super charming and we mm-hmm. have to be way in like talking about wedding cakes. Oh yeah. Then we'll consider disrobing <laughs> in a dimly lit situation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise this is not happening. Same, yeah. same delusional nonsense. And like I did eventually get to the point where I was like, okay, I will let people see me naked. But for <laughs> but like, I don't know, like a really, really, really long time. Even then I had the idea in my head of like, okay, so what's going to happen is like this person's really going to like me and we're getting along really well. And maybe they even like think that I'm really pretty and we're dating. And then I just have to accept that the first time that they see me naked, they're going to be really disappointed. Oh my God. This is and exactly they're, like, I'm like, wow. I'm going to get naked and they're going to go, Oh, I've made a real mistake or like, Oh, this really isn't what I wanted. Oh my God. This um, is right torn from, this is torn yeah. right from my headlines. And it's only been like, like, I don't know, not that many years. 
maybe like five years or something like that, that I've like not wow. felt as much like that. Oh man. Now, yeah. if I may ask, yeah. cause I want to see if we're on the same page as this. Did, yeah. w- because some, some of these terribly uh, like upsetting, like really sad stories that both of us are sharing, <laughs> like these delusions, like how could you think such a thing? Did, I, I don't remember it bumming me out. It was almost like a matter of fact thing. Like, did you find that it wasn't necessarily depressing, but it was more of like just a thing? Because I found like, oh, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'm this. Yeah, you, know, you like, just sort of like accept, accept it as it. your reality. It's a, it's a yeah. truth I'm using your quotes I think quotes I went through like a mourning period. Because <laughs> for me, it was like my body really changed it like at the end of grade eight, beginning of grade nine. Right. And uh, like... Uh, uh, I don't know. Just, whatever. What podcast am I on right now? This is my podcast. <laughs> yeah, of course. I got like a shit ton of stretch marks and when I started high school. Oh. I had like the world's tiniest growth spurt, but didn't realize at the time that I have a connective tissue disorder and my skin is really fragile oh. and I'm really p- prone to scarring and stretch marks. Okay. So I just got like suddenly like, like oh, okay, I'm a tiger now. Uh, and I'm 14 and like when, when they, when they first show up, like, like everybody has a couple stretch marks. Okay. You know, when they first show up, they're like bright red, purple. Right. And I was covered in them, like wow. going in opposite directions. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like really, truly covered. And, uh, I was, it was terrifying sure. to me. And at the time I'm just like, oh, I'm a monster. Like I'm this right. tiger person now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, of course, like over years, they fade and stuff and they're not as noticeable and all of that. Um, but uh, the real turning point for me was the like, okay, so we'll start with the morning period. So that happened. And then I like had a, <laughs> the, what I thought was acceptance of it was uh-huh. me going like, okay, I am accepting that I am a monster and I accept that. <laughs> and I am okay with uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like looking very different. Uh, maybe I'll, than people maybe I'll be will tagged by the World Wildlife Fund. Right, and I was just like, "This is who I am. I'm Tiger Lady. I'm endangered." Yeah, and I was, <laughs> I was just like, "I accept that sure. that this is terrible, and this is just how it's going to be forever." Wow. And it's not like something like even being self conscious of my weight or anything like that. It's not something that's ever going to change. Mm. This is my body forever. Will always have these. Wow. And uh, it wasn't until like so so many years later yeah. that I was able to actually start to like them. It was like oh. I went on this real journey with it where it was like absolutely horrifying and I hated my own skin um, and like it was just an absolute nightmare to even have to think about the body that I was living in Hmm. and then it moved to like okay I'm willing to wear shorts if I'm wearing tights underneath (laughs) and that was like a big moment a big (laughs) moment it's like I've been living in sweatpants for two years I'm gonna wear shorts but I'm gonna wear Tights underneath them. And then it was like, I'm going to wear shorts for the first time with no tights. That's a big, big deal. Damn. And I'm going to do it in a, only in this place where like I've, uh, this camp that I went to where I felt very safe. Sure. And it, I was like, oh, no one is freaking out and screaming and running away. Man, oh man. Everything is fine. And then getting to the point where it was like, I started to actually like them. I had a, like a really sweet thing said to me by an ex that I go oh. back to all the time. Oh, that's good. He was looking at the one time and he was like, I think they're really pretty. He was like, they look like water reflected at the bottom of the pool, like sun reflected at the bottom of a pool. Oh, that's perfect. And I was like, oh that's, my God, I love that. And I go, nice. I go back to that all the time. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> like, I, like I, I really like the way that my body looks now. And like, obviously I still have all those stretch marks. They'll be there forever, but I don't care. And like, I'll wear a bathing suit out in public. Like, 
that kind of the things that I, I had just resigned myself to never ever doing. Man, oh man, when this I was is a teenager. So, yeah, this is very yeah. I, I, now, would, like, I, I, I wonder great. how many people just have these same tragic stories. You know, like every single individual person. Yeah, uh, wow. every single person. So it's like, and the thing is, like in my head, I had it like, oh, like this sucks extra much because this is a unique situation. Mm. I was like, no one else has quite this right. exact thing. So I'm so special and unique in this, in my pain and right. and <laughs> like all of that stuff. No one is special and unique in that. Yeah. Ever everybody has these moments where they feel like shit. Yeah. Everybody has something that you're going that you're going through in your like journey to love and accept your body. Yeah. And uh, this is the time where it's comforting to tell yourself like you're not as special as you think you are. Everybody feels this way too. Right. right. right? A, that, that second sentence is important to say. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's the, this is the thing. It's like, right. you, don't get all like, like special and romantic about your pain. And sure. this is like you, unique to me. Right. This is a universal experience that we're all having together. And we're just all too afraid to really talk about it Absolutely. until we're past it. Yeah. Right. Like you don't want to talk about these things while you're in it. Right. I wouldn't be talking about this on this podcast if this were me 15 years ago. For sure. Right? Well, the other thing I feel self-conscious about is, is uh, and it's a thing that I'm hyper aware of, is that I am a straight white male living in North America. Like, I'm well aware of that. So anything that I gripe about feels really entitled. You know, it's like every other demographic on earth, mm-hmm. I'm aware has mm-hmm. a tougher walk on this world yeah. than I do. I get that. That is not lost on me at Where all. Where it's like, oh, my body, like what you I know? think about my body might make me feel a certain way, but at least it doesn't like, um, you know, contribute to my subjugation in the sure. society and world that I live in and affect the amount of money that I make in my daily safety. Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was without a teleprompter, folks, in case you're wondering. I know you still need an audio thing. Because the, I have I have known, and I know this is going to sound like it's self-depreciating. I know this is going to sound like I'm just being woe is me, but it, I it's not. Because I actually know this to be true. I actually know there's been a few opportunities and a few doors that have been closed to me specifically because of how I look. Mm-hmm. Like I know this isn't this isn't me going, oh, my life's so hard because I'm not attractive enough. Like there's an email chain about it. Like there's this happened years ago of like, he's not exactly. So, but- it, Is this from I, being an actor? This is a few different things, which I don't want to get into the specifics of. Because That's it fine. just seems a little, I don't know, feels a little- yeah, yeah. I, I'm, Even the fact that I've, I've jumped into this conversation is already making me feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, you can back but again, whatever you want. You have you have <laughs> put me into the discomfort bucket, so I'm wading in it and I'm splashing around. So you do working it working in TV and and working in this in this industry that is uh, with with acting with all that kind of stuff. Uh, it is uh, it's a little more focus on the exterior yes. than many other fields. Even just the fact that like I don't know if people people who don't do acting work realize that when you get an audition for something, they send you the description of what that character is supposed to be like. And those descriptions are sometimes not flattering. No, Um, they are not. I went out for something like a couple months ago where like, I think this might've been like the entire description. It was just like, whatever the character's name was like, Sarah, 20 to 30 years old, not beautiful. (laughs) 
Tracy, <laughs> we have the exact same anecdotes. My, my past agent didn't used to, used to not delete the past email. Like she mm. used to delete, didn't delete the changes forwarded to me without it deleting it. Yeah. So this is an actual back and forth we had. It's like, hey, uh, what do you have on your roster for weirdos? Send the re- mm. reply. Oh, like how weird? Well, <laughs> not ugly, but definitely not handsome. How's this guy? <laughs> Yep. Like not ugly, but definitely not handsome. Like mm. imagine going to work at like Verizon Wireless or, or going for a job interview at Pfizer. Yep. And like in the description, like must be good with Excel, really good uh, organizational skills. Mm-hmm. And please don't be over 115 pounds. Like yep. that's that's what happens in this industry. And again, I still feel like I'm whining. But uh, my point is there have been things that I know I was eligible for. And I know that every... <sighs> Looking at the description and looking at the thing and checking off all the boxes, Mm -hmm. there was one box on it I didn't check off. And that was why I didn't get the gig. Yeah. A thing that I had fought for, a thing that I had prepared for, a thing that I had vied for. That you would be good for. Worked my ass off. And I know I would be good for. Mm -hmm. The door was closed to me because of this face. And I... God, I hear I hear how this sounds in the headphones and I know how fucking whiny this sounds coming from a straight white male. I get it. I'm hyper aware of it. But you do have to find a different level of Zen of like just, OK, these are the cards mm-hmm. to dealt. And you just you have to find a different level when it's just like, yeah, you're not attractive enough. So, no, but everything else is great. Good job on being uh, intelligent and well, and and re, like, and all these yeah. other things. It's just no. If you were pretty, you'd have it. Like it's, just, it, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And again, I know this is something that is much more uh, prominent with with women. And like the expiry date, like age thirty, is viciously unfair. Mm-hmm. So please, d- that is not lost on me. But you do have to find a different gear of like, all right. Cool. Yep. Shake it off. Shake it off. Oh, you gotta oh. really dig in deep to you know? that self love. <laughs> yeah. And you... be like, I'm gonna rock the shit out of this not beautiful audition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am definitely not handsome. Let's let's dance. Let's do this. Bring you know, bring out the. Yeah. So uh, so, but again and again, my plight is nowhere near the plight of many others. So th- it's there's a whole energy of self loathing, loathing that we gotta figure out. Right. I think it's just that drain that swamp. Am I right? We got to (laughs) all practice a lot more gratitude. Yeah. And like a good place to start. Also, like if you're not in a place where you can give yourself compliments on your physical appearance yet. Like I even for us, like we've been working through this kind of stuff and both of us acknowledge like it feels awkward sure and ridiculous so if you're at a point where you can't even stand the thought of looking at yourself in a mirror and giving yourself a compliment yeah. yet um don't focus on your physical appearance focus on uh your body's physical ability oh, so uh, like give yourself compliments uh for your body like oh i appreciate i'm grateful for my body because like i i'm strong i hmm. give my like i'm grateful for my body because like of what it can do instead of what it looks like being grateful for your uh, physical ability. I'm grateful that I can walk without discomfort. I'm grateful that I can stand for long periods of time, little things that we completely take for granted all of the time. Um, Giving yourself uh, a sense of gratitude for your body, whether it's appearance or utility is a good place to start because it puts you in a gratitude mindset Hmm. about your physical body and being. 
Wow, that's that's. I've listened to a few episodes. You do this every time. You drop some. You drop some timeless wisdom on this thing, and I did not. Ex- I, again, you're delightful. I've worked with you a few times, and I'm like, she's fun and delightful and enjoyable and real sharp and clever and funny. And then I listen to your podcast, and I'm like, what is this? What is this uh, unbridled wisdom? You've done it. I, I listened to the Courtney episode, the Rhiannon episode, and man, uh, Springer for fuck Springer. No, to, to hell with Springer's final thought. This is Hamilton uh, final thoughts. Those are that, that. This is good stuff. Derek, we're supposed to end by me giving you a genuine no, compliment. Too late. Okay. Seriously, I, and I, this is going to sound real preachy, and this is going to sound real up with people and the whole thing. <laughs> but, but dude, you asked ten people, five people, about their favorite compliment, like a, a moment in their life when somebody just said the right thing at the right time, and it just it sent them on a whole different path, like a, a total. Um, uh, 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 that butterfly effect mm-hmm. of like a path where they everything was 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 great. Jesse Crookshank once said, "Hey, your your blue eyes really pop in that shirt." Once, like I we used to work together at MTV, and mm-hmm. God damn it, that filled me. Like that made me feel good about half of my wardrobe. Never underestimate the power of just saying something really off the cuff nice to somebody yeah. because it just it un it does this weird crack in the dam of doubt. Mm-hmm. You don't know where it's gonna hit them, right? You never know like, what it's gonna do. It might be the exact right thing they need to hear at the exact exactly. right time. Just give out more compliments. Get get over the well, they're gonna think that I'm hitting on them. They're gonna think I yeah, give them freely. Just do it. If you're hitting on them, they're gonna know. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> but if it's genuinely coming from a place of just you giving somebody yes. a compliment. Don't lip service it. Do it for yeah. real. If it's authentic and it's in your brain Only when you and really it mean makes it. sense and you mean it, that will come across. Yeah. That's the life lesson like, I've learned many times. The like somebody looking at you and be and being in their head being like, Oh, I've thought three times while we've been sitting here that his eyes look nice in that shirt. Like, then I'm just gonna say it out loud now. Roll it out. Right? Just roll, roll it, it out. out, man. Nobody's gonna be like how fucking dare you <laughs> tell me my eyes look nice in this shirt. Right? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody's mad. So now, so it's from that point forward, I had a positive memory of a blue shirt that was attached to Jesse Crookshank. Yeah. You know, you know, I can give you a dozen of these of, mm-hmm. of like Clyde, Clyde McKinty, as long as we're name dropping, he's a guy I mm-hmm. went to uh, high school with. Clyde McKinty, uh, uh, when I was feeling uh, totally self-conscious about winning second place in the uh, Lions Club public speaking uh, thing, I'd won it. I was embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. It was in the paper. I was holding my little medal and I was feeling super self-conscious. I was like, oh, this is the dorkiest fucking thing mm-hmm. possible. I come back to Mattawa, my hometown, and I'm waiting for to get to get raked over the coals Clyde McKinty steps up and he goes he goes hey man that was really cool that you won that award over the weekend you you really represented our school really well and and everything just went I'm in grade 7 and I just went all of that just went just eased away just withered away yeah you have no idea how much it's gonna mean to somebody and I'm 42 and I remember it verbatim from grade 7 10 years ago an ex-boyfriend said that my stretch marks looked like light at the bottom of a pool boom and I have thought about that like once a week for the last 10 years right and it has been like an instrumental piece of me growing to love my own body right so you just never know you just never know and on that note I'm gonna give you a genuine compliment oh boy here we go <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. I truly love watching people brace themselves for the compliments. Look at my, my face scrunched up. That's not yes, right. My face scrunched up. Uh. <laughs> um, you are just an absolute delight. You're just like, 
you sparkle as a person. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Like you just have this very. I inf- am like a te- sexy teenage vampire. You have this infectious, <laughs> positive energy um, that just like fills the room when you're in it. And like even like when we uh, like we've worked together several times on write 'em up where we're yes. on this like writing panel and we have to write roast jokes about the comedians and even while you're roasting people you're still very positive uh, like, <laughs> like and that's not to, to say that the, the roast jokes aren't effective right. I'm just saying like you somehow managed to straddle this very fine line <laughs> of being very mean and also kind and positive in a source of light at the oh, same time. I'm so happy to hear you say that. It's so hard to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were just like such an infectious personality. You, you just bring so much light and positivity with you everywhere you go. Hmm. Um, and on the, you are very handsome. You're a handsome man. <laughs> That's very kind. You're a handsome man. That's the part I have a hard time with, but I'm going to take it and say thank you. Because I'm going yes. to use my own advice and say when somebody gives you a compliment, just say thank you. My wife's bad for that. Yes. She's bad with compliments. So I have to say when somebody says something nice, yep. just say thank you because they want you got to make that a rule for yourself it's rude to dismiss it so i'm saying thank you very much good for that all of that i'm taking all of it for being here and doing this today thank you for having me on this this is this this one matters this is a podcast that people should actually really listen to a lot (laughs) all of them go listen to all of them you're so sweet i did I, I, well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I listened to three, but there's a, it's because I only found it recently. <laughs> oh, you're the best. All right, listeners, go be nice to yourself and to your body, your beautiful body that is totally fine and way less bad than you think that it is. Um, and remember that love is everywhere. 